dead air. Ugh. Why does it annoy you every time? You know, know I'm going to say it. I know. It, it's it's just funny to me. Oh. We have to... It wouldn't be bored to death without... Me being bored. Me <laughs> being bored and having disdain for the things that I find funny. Ugh. Speaking of which, we still don't know why Tiny Tim is kind of our intro song. Because we, I know we talked about it in a previous episode. Yeah, I forget. But we're going to keep doing it because it's... Yeah, and if Tiny Tim's estate comes after us for copyright, for, for playing we don't it... Own, we don't own we anything don't own, Tiny Tim no, ever we own no, made. No, we own nothing Tiny, we own nothing Tim, and <laughs> we, we only know that because we when we play this, we play it for, off of YouTube, and there was a really weird YouTube video, the sad, peculiar death of Tiny Tim. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, he horrible. apparently... I mean, aside from being a possibly sad and very peculiar man, I think he had a sad and peculiar death, apparently. <sighs> Anyway, that's another... We can talk about Tiny Tim's death on another episode <laughs> of Born to Death. On oh, episode eight of Born to no. Death, the gruesome death oh, of Tiny it's Tim. He's such a happy guy. I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah. I, you know, it's sad that like his music is used in like some of the scariest... Creepiest. Creepiest. <laughs> whatever. Yeah. In any kind of scary scenario. And that was like so not his intention. Except Spongebob. That's true. Yeah. But Insidious also, and Spongebob. Insidious and Spongebob. I know we talked about Insidious, but I yeah. forget how we, in that previous episode, we had talked about Insidious and how Tiny Tim was used in yes. the soundtrack, but I don't remember how we got to Insidious. <laughs> I don't either. Anyway, Murder. anyway, so uh, welcome to episode seven of yeah. Bored to Death. Seven. Yay! Seven whole episodes. Do Are we consistent? Not at all. Ah, we're pretty close. Once uh, a week. What, somewhere, bet- you know, about once a week. Yeah, we've been doing this for five weeks now. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. true, because I think we recorded, like, three episodes yeah, like in, like, back. three days. Because <laughs> we got real jazzed about the idea of having a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right, so tonight we are going to talk about the board game Pandemic. We're going to get real triggered with oh, it. Oh, yeah. Getting triggered with it. And what's the story... What's the story we're going to listen to tonight? The murder? Oh, tonight, Is it a mystery? Tonight. Did the husband uh, do well, it? Well, so we, I'm giving you a, a low a impact, did the husband do it murder. Oh, um, and it's about the Allwine family. Amy Allwine. The murder of Amy Allwine. Allwine? Allwine. Sounds amazing. All the wine. <laughs> Speaking of all the wine... What are you drinking this evening, Bill? Oh, I am drinking all the wine because it's Black <laughs> Box. Black box. So Black it's got, box. You've got box like a, wine. You have like a gallon of wine at your disposal. Yeah, and my teeth are going to get stained. Cool. In my, in my lips. Lips. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're going to talk about pandemic. Are you going to ask me what I'm drinking? <laughs> Rude. Uh, well, I mean, I didn't bother to ask because you're not drinking. That's correct, Bill. I'm not, not drinking. Alcohol. I'm not drinking alcohol. I'm currently drinking Aldi brand uh, soda water because... Well, Spicy water. To, to make a long story short, I went to the doctor last week, and in the immortal words of Mac from Sunny in Philadelphia, I'm fat, so I've got to lose weight. Uh, correct answer. But uh, I'm working on getting healthy, so... There we go. I'll probably drink on our next episode, but tonight, I'm just drinking the sparkly water. <sighs> so lame. I know. It sucks. 
But all right, let's go move on. Let's right. talk about Pandemic. All right, so Pandemic is a board game where a it is a cooperative game, meaning that all the players work together to play against the game system itself. Um, in some systems, you call it PVE, person versus the environment, rather than PVP, people versus people. PPP. PPP. PVP. And it is a, every person starts the game, or every player starts the game with a roll card. So you could be like the, uh, what was yours? The contingency? The contingency (laughs) specialist. Yeah, the contingency specialist. Like, oh, so lame. Mine was the quarantine specialist, uh, which is also lame. And it's all kind of lame. But you know what? (laughs) When it becomes your real life, it's kind of, you become much cooler. Yeah. The, the, the nerds become much cooler tools. That's true. Because there's like the scientist and the construction worker. It's like, all these are so lame in real life. But no, but But in in real life, when, when, now that we are currently living through a pandemic, it's very appropriate to celebrate the the nerdy roles of the yes. contingency celebrate the essential workers that's correct and we um so you take the role of one of a number of of roles which confer special bonuses and that allow you to do unique things throughout the game so the whole point of the game is to there are four diseases th- spread throughout the map viruses viruses yeah. diseases viruses whatever and yeah, they viruses. um the, the goal is to first find a cure for them and then eradicate them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't necessarily have to do it in that order, but that is the preferred order. We played last Friday or something like that. Yeah, we yeah, it's we played ago. very recently just to kind of remind ourselves of... Bone up on the game. Yeah, the like rules. how what we liked, what we didn't like, how the game's actually played because we haven't played... We haven't played in a long time before yeah, over the, a year the ago. past. Yeah, so it had been over a year since the last time we had played it. Mm-hmm. So it was a nice little refresher. However, slightly traumatizing a little bit because yeah. a lot of the things that are play are done in like fantasy world of the game pandemic were the things that we are literally having to do yeah. <laughs> to uh, survive this global, global pandemic. pandemic. So um, you start by there's a deck of cards that has a uh, a city a major city in the world somewhere and it has a particular like one of the four colors of the diseases there's yellow blue red and black and to start the game you draw nine of these city cards from a deck of cards um, I don't I forget what what they're the specifically called but you draw the first three cards they're location cards right. Yeah, but there's something else that they're called. I don't. They're not pandemic infection cards. cards. Yes, and in, yes, you're right. Infection yay, cards. Yay! Yay! I'm so right. So you draw the you, the first three infection cards you draw from this deck. You place three of the disease, corresponding color diseases on those cities. Three little cubes of disease. Then the next three that you draw, you place two of them on those cities, and you discard them in a discard pile. And then the last three, you do the same thing, but instead you just place one disease. So all told, you'll have nine locations throughout the entire globe that have these diseases on them in different num- in different amounts. And then each player draws four of these infection cards to go, or uh, player cards rather, that go into their hand, and they look very similar to the infection cards. They have a, um, they don't have a disease on them, but they have a color, which corresponds to the color of the disease or the different strain of the disease. And in they a also location. have a, in a location. Yeah, they have the city as well. And the goal is to find a cure, which you can do by one of your eight actions, is you can exchange in five colors of different cities. doesn't matter. They're all 
going to be different cities, but five of the same cities of the same color to find a cure for it. Uh, so every time you treat, go to treat the disease, which is one of your eight actions you're allowed to do, you can um, remove all of the disease from yeah. that city. Anyway. But you have to go to the city in order to Correct. cure it. Yeah. So like each player takes an in turn. You go around the table. It's a game for two to, I think, six players. I'm on, Honestly, I think players. it's to four. I, I think it goes up to four. Okay. I, I think I remember seeing that on the box when I pulled it out. Gotcha. So it's for two to four players, and each player takes in turn. To, they have four actions. Yeah, they have four actions that they can do each turn. Um, you can move to a different city, like move to a move one space. You can exchange a city card in your hand to uh, move, fly directly to that city. There's a bunch of different ways you can move around around the board. You can treat a one disease cube in the city that you're currently located in. It counts as one of your actions. Explain explain what you mean when you say treat. You simply remove one of the cubes of the disease from the from the city that you're in. That is treating one of the one disease right. worth. And um, whenever you have a cure for the disease, it makes treating that disease much easier. So rather than, for example, if you had three cubes of a disease in the city, rather than that costing you three actions, three of your four actions to treat every one of those diseases, you instead just treat the disease in that city and removes all of those disease cubes. So whenever you have a cure, obviously it makes eradicating that disease very easy. Would uh, you say... Would you say that vaccines would be a cure? That is beyond the scope of this bot podcast. And beyond the scope of the game, apparently, because yes. they don't mention a vaccine once. Not at all. In pandemic. Not at all. There's no mention of the use of vaccines no. in that game. I um, just thought that was interessante. So I think maybe that's what finding the cure is. Possibly. Anyway, so um, <clears throat> you can treat a disease... Um, you can exchange cards with players or you can build what's called a, a research center. So everyone starts the game in the, at the CDC, the Center for Disease Control in Atlanta in the United States. And you can move essentially freely between research centers. So you, if you're on the other side of the globe, rather than spending a turn or two to move over there, if someone gets there in advance of you, if they charter a flight as one of their actions, or, or i.e. discarding one of their cities to fly to that city, they can build a research center there, and it's almost like, think of it like a teleportation site. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah, and it just takes up one of your four actions to do that if you move from research center to research center. Correct. So it makes moving around the map a lot easier. Right. Um, <clears throat> now, at the end of all of the players' turns, what happens is, is that you first infect which means that you draw the game the, forces you to infect yeah to infect cities so you draw uh two of the infection cards uh from the top of the infection deck and wherever whatever city you draw from the top of that deck you place again the same corresponding color of that disease in that city now what's interesting about this game is that you have what are called outbreaks Meaning that if a city has three disease cubes or three disease counters, whatever, on it, and you go to place a fourth disease cube on there, you don't place that cube, and instead every city that's connected to it then gets a disease cube of that same color because, spread out from there. Because, because theoretically, an it's an outbreak of the virus. Correct. Right? Now, what it gets even... The monkeys got loose. Yes. And what gets even more spicy about this is that if you have a city that has is connected to like five other cities, 
you got three on there. You place a disease cube on there. Oh no, you have an outbreak. It goes to those other five cities. If one of those other five cities also has three disease cubes on it, yeah. guess what? You've got a, another outbreak. Domino effect. A domino effect, right? So it gets very difficult and very tricky to try to uh, contain these diseases. Now, there are some cards that you can get uh, whenever you go to draw your player cards, i.e. like the city cards that you can use to eventually find a cure and hopefully eradicate a disease, which allows you to, you know, helicopter flight, I think is one of them, like charter a helicopter flight, and you can literally just move one of the players with their consent, of course, um, anywhere in the map. Um, you get government funding is one of the cards where you basically get to reuse a player card that's already been discarded. All that fun stuff, right? And so as you play these cards, um, as you move around the map, and as you take these actions, um, <clears throat> you discard these cards whenever you use them up. Um, at the end of the turn, you can't have more than seven cards in your hand, so you have to kind of pare things down. And again, keeping in mind that you need five city cards, or five player cards with cities on them, of the same color to discover the cure. And generally, those city cards of the same color they're all in a similar region of the world yes exactly so like yellow is like kind of like africa south america type blue is like north america and europe black is um most of asia in the middle east and then red is like australia and and asia, asia yeah for the most part right or rather west asia um or east asia excuse me um, so as you have these outbreaks occur, if you, um, if you get to eight outbreaks the, at the, if you get to the eighth one, game's over. Right? Game's over and you lose. Yeah, you lose. Everyone goes home, packs up your cubes, takes, cubes. Your, takes your jacks and your little ball and put it in a little, little rubber ball, put it in your sack, take a hike, kid. Um, <laughs> and the, yeah, uh, because the. The purpose of the game is not that you're playing against, and I know you said this earlier that it's a cooperative game, but the goal is the goal is to work with the the other three, two to three players that are playing. Yeah. To beat the game. Correct. You're beating. You're trying to beat the pandemic. Correct. You are, Doctor Fauci, trying to beat the pandemic. Trying his damnedest. Trying his damnedest, right? And. Uh, so if you get to the eighth outbreak, game is over. Now where things get a little bit tricky is as you go through the, or again, another curve, I should say another curveball that the game throws at you is that as you go through the infection deck and you start discarding these cards at the end of every kind of round of turns, then you reach or you get these epidemic cards, which is just makes things and kind of ratchets things up to the next, next level, right? Kind of goes, shifts into 12th gear. And what that means is that pretty much uh, you draw the next three infection cards and you place, I, I believe it's like one city uh, or yeah, one, one infection. Yeah, I was about to say, it usually only affects like one, one region. Right. But in sometimes instead, it can inf it's going to infect multiple regions across the map, right? Because of that, like, overflow. Yeah. Well, so, like, it, you know, at the end of every turn, you infect one or two different cities across the map. This time, you infect three, I think maybe four. And at the end of it, you take all of those infection cards that are in the discard pile after you've used them. You shuffle them up. 
and then you put them back on top of the infection deck. So to all, increase the pressure. Yes. So all the cities that you have infected previously to this point in the game, more guess monkeys what? with viruses have more gone monkeys, out. more pangolins, more bats. Who knows? <laughs> now you you are you are going to see those cities. Where is, is the, the pangolin? pangolin? You're going to see those cities crop up again. So if you haven't done jack shit in New Delhi. And you're just letting those diseases pile up. Guess what, Jack? Yeah, it's coming back. It's coming back with a vengeance, with a bite to it. That's right. So, and that's when case, at which case you get those outbreaks occur. Thankfully, you have those player cards that can sometimes uh, get you out of dodge and can really get you out of a jam. Uh, your special roles can really provide um, unique bonuses to wherever you are on the map. For example, whenever we played, mine was the quarantine specialist. Right. The, hey, everyone, get back inside. No fun. No yeah. fun. Everyone must yeah. quarantine. Yeah, must quarantine. Two weeks minimum. All right. So, like, I when we had a really bad outbreak in Tokyo or Japan and China, I sent my pawn, my, my player little token thing over there, and we were about to have a really bad outbreak. Thankfully, quarantine specialist, the fun police was there. And uh, got everybody inside, got everybody indoors, inside. playing. Not Monopoly. Nope, not at all. Because Monopoly sucks. Probably playing Pandemic. Or hopefully Lord of the Rings oh, Battle Game. Or, or Mordheim. Or. Dominion? Possibly. Okay. Um, maybe. Yeah, maybe. regardless. All right. Hey, everyone, get back inside. Gross, dom gross was... domestic product. Take a hike. Get out of here. Oh, my God. <laughs> the fucking. Okay, anyway, yeah. let's not get political. I know that talking about board games is extremely political. It's very polarizing. It's extremely polarizing. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. However, we're, we're going to keep this conversation civil. Yeah, um, so the game ends whenever you uh, of one of two instances happen. I should say three, really. Either the outbreak marker gets to the eighth track. Uh, you've had eight outbreaks. Or um, you have gone through your entire player card deck, so to speak. Remember, at the end of every turn, every player's turn, you get to draw two player cards. Or lastly, you discover a cure for... All four. All four diseases and safely eradicate them. You actually don't right. have to discover the, the cures for them. You just have, you just to, have eradicate to eradicate yeah. all four so, so technically, you don't have to find the cure for any of the diseases. Right. If you can... Use the quarantine specialist skills and the contingency specialist skills. Construction worker. Co the contingency planner. That was the name of the card. Yes, that's right. Um, Mail delivery hit, person, other that, essential workers. That uh, role, the contingency planner, that was, was actually, actually really cool because mm -hmm. I was able to remind me of like what I was able to do. I was able to like go from city to city no you're able to take a player card from the discard pile and actually play it any oh that's right card, that's yeah, right so that i could awesome. look at i could basically take any card from sorry that was my i kicked him uh <laughs> kick um but i could take any action card from the discard pile and basically save it to use yeah. it in my future turn so like it was like a free-for-all mm-hmm because I was the planner, right? So like I was, I could do whatever I wanted. Essentially, yeah. I had all the power. All the power, all of it. and I was the fun police, which isn't fun. I mean, it was fun for me. But anyway, all right. So fun, we, fun, fun, fun. So many references to fun. All right. So we played this last year during quarantine, which I think we mentioned in a previous episode. We like emailed our pastor and we're like, 
lols we're playing pandemic during a quarantine shutdown in a global pandemic um Ugh, it's so not funny i know it's really not especially because like when we probably were like lulzing about that we didn't realize how long we were gonna be playing quarantine yeah pretty much <laughs> um so we played about last year and since then like we've only played it once like we played it we played yeah. it once or twice last year. Yeah, I think we, really we played it, it once or twice. And then we played it again last week. Well, and I think that one of the reasons that when we played it that first time and then played it maybe again right after that, um, and then we there was such a large gap between when we played again, was twofold. Twofold, two-folded reasons. Number okay. one. Fold it. Fold it. Unfold it. I'm going to unfold it. Okay. Um, number one, we were living it. <laughs> oh, God, we were actually yeah. living yeah, what... Yeah, too close to home. Right? So, yeah, exactly. So, it might have been hitting a little too close to home. And number two, the game kind of comes off as being complicated at first. Yeah. There's a moment where it clicks, yeah. right? Like, I even when you were describing it at the beginning of our episode... It almost sounds a little complicated, and you left out parts. Like you left yeah. out the fact that, like, we you have to keep track of the the pandemic, like like the levels of ha- the infection rate. You have to keep track of that, and you also have to yeah. keep track of uh, which viruses have cures and which are eradicated. And then you also right. have to, there's like there's different pieces of this game that make it feel kind of complicated. But at the end of the day, it's not. It's not a complicated game, right? But like there's, it it comes off as being a complicated game. Like when you look at it, when you look at the rules, when you look at the fact that there are three different decks of cards or just two. Just two. There's just two. But there's also like the roll cards, right? So there's technically three. There's technically three decks, right? Uh, You know, Depending on how you want to look at it. So... Do you want to get into the pros and cons? Yeah, let's get into the pros and cons. Okay, you can go. So, um, one of the reasons... I'm talking about what I like about it first. Number one, it's um, the cooperative... The fact that it's a cooperative game and that I th- I admire the, f- the idea that the game is cooperative because I feel like the makers of the game had more work to do. Like it was one, it was like, you have to do so much designing. You have to think ahead so far ahead to basically create this game that like moves itself. Mm -hmm. Right. That's, I think that's really cool. Right. So just like, just in regards to the fact that the game, um, is, is so well designed. Yeah. Right. Um, it's basically idiot proof. What I would, what I would say. Right, because the game has to end at a certain point. You can't keep playing and playing and playing. It's like, no, no, no. There is a clock. Like there is, there is a countdown to the end of the world. Yes. And the game will end in half an hour. I promise. Brazilian strain, Indian strain, UK strain, <laughs> South African strain. Uh, but so that that's really cool, right? So I feel like the fact that it's a cooperative game and, and everybody works together to solve this problem is is really neat. Um, number two, same reason I liked Ticket to Ride. I love looking at maps of the world. Um, and it's just really cool to kind of just see little pin drops of different cities across the world. I really just generally enjoy that. 
Um, other things that I like, I like the sense of urgency of the yeah. game. Like, that's pretty fun. Like, you actually feel like there's, you have to stay engaged with the game. It's really, it's really cool in regards to that. Um, things I don't like. Um, I guess I don't like the darkness of it. I don't know. I mean, they don't really talk about any deaths, though. No, not There's at really all. No, it's really just about the Look, infection. They don't talk about the fact that it's yeah, these killing could all, people. These could all be, be H1N1. Yeah, yeah. Strains of it. Swine flu. Sorry, yeah, I just finished watching Sandlot on my birthday this past <laughs> Sunday. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Um, uh, other things I don't like. Um, I'll probably think of more as we start, as we continue talking, but mm. there's not a lot I don't like about this game. Um, I don't like having to learn a new game in general. I'm, I'm you never do. You I never, never do. do. God damn it! Yeah, I hate learning new things. Yeah. I am a teacher. I am a professor. Just However, in. I don't like learning new things. I'm just kidding. No, I do like learning new things, but like learning new games is like really difficult for me for some weird reason but as soon as it clicked for me i was like oh this game's really fun i wouldn't yeah. mind playing again i think i even asked to play again that's true and you we were like i'm tired you're like, i'm tired i want to go to bed and you're like no let's play one more game I'm like Ugh. no you wouldn't let me oh really you yeah you were like no oh. i don't want to i'm sleepy i do sound like that when i am sleepy <laughs> um all right that's so my best bill impression yeah. <laughs> All right, so I will say, like, with board games, too, like, once you, uh, it's like learning an instrument. Like, once you learn how to play one instrument and you recognize what the notes are, like, you actually pick up other games and rules mechanics easier. So that does kind of make sense, right? Yeah, for um, sure. I, I, but I like the, I think that's the biggest thing I like about this particular game is its mechanics, right? Yeah. Like. It's, I appreciate how well thought out it is, yeah. for sure. What about you, Bill? What do you like and dislike? All right, I'm going to give you the bad. Uh, mine's going to be short and sweet. Lay so it the, on me. Yeah, so the bad is is that it is a... Uh, like you, it's it's dark. Um, it doesn't you know, feel like you it, have it's, a whole it's, lot of control over what you do. It's darker now than it was a year ago. Yeah, I know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a year ago, it was like we, we were, were like, like that, ha, ha, "This will never happen." Yeah, like, ha, we're I think I even said, "I think that's I even said that to you." I, this is what makes me think we didn't start playing during quarantine, because I feel like we no. said, "I said to you, do you think we'll ever live through a pandemic?" And you were like, "Yeah." No, we played. Maybe this I during, dreamt no, that. Yeah, we played this during. Like, I could have sworn we played this I said like that April to you. of like last year. Where maybe like, I said that to you in another conversation in passing, like two years Sh ago or sure. something. Yeah. And I was like, nah, -uh. uh, uh, this won't happen. And then, uh, so that's what I uh, don't really like about it. It is it, like Wait. You, like you said though, like it is on the surface. It looks very complicated because it's like, hey, if X happens, Y do Y, and if Y happens, do Z, and like all this crap, right? Z. 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 And, oh, uh, Bill. And, um, <laughs> Gotta and, have those Australian letters. Yeah. And um, so, like, that, it on the surface, it looks complicated, but, like, once you, yeah. once one or one or two people go and you get the flow and, like, the actual sequence of events, um, it actually does pick up very well. And, like, on the bottom right-hand side of the actual um, game board itself, 
it actually tells you all of the instructions and the steps. So yeah. like, hey, at the end of every turn, do this, this, and this. Every player has a card that tells you all of the eight actions that you can do on your turn and the number of actions you're I, allowed. I love when games do it that. It makes it simple. Yeah. I mean, for the love of God. If something, if you have to refer to a rules book over and over and over again, it's not very, in my opinion, it, it makes for a more rewarding experience because it's probably more complicated, but at the end of the day, the average layman or woman can't um, grasp it. As yeah, it's not It's not as accessible. Yeah, it's, right? not a, it's probably not going to be as enjoyable up front, all that stuff. Right? Right. It's another barrier to having fun, right? And that's what the whole point of board games is about. Right. Um, so that's what I like about it. That's what I don't like about it. And it is a great game. I, I would say like it's actually a pretty decent bo- like gateway game in a way because it is for sure. Um, it's not. I would as say simple. it's like a step above Ticket to Ride in regards to its complexity. Actually, no, I think maybe that a back. little bit, maybe a couple of steps. It is a little bit more. It is a little bit more complicated than actually Settlers of Catan. It's just not nearly as much of a pain in the ass to set up. Okay. Yeah. That is an interesting comment. I can appreciate that assessment. Yes, I agree with you. All right. So that's the end of our that segment. You ready for this? What? Tell me what you're about to do to me. I'm about to show you your Mordheim Warband. My war, my Mordheim Warband. Mordheim Warband. Mordheim Warband. You ready? War- Oh, more time, more band, more ham, more yeah, ham. more ham. You ready? Yes. This is bad ladies that painted for you. Okay, here we go. All right, so lady number one, she has two hammers. Yes. And she's, wearing she's a, sh- a nun for yeah, sure. she's wearing a shift, I believe. What's a shift? I don't know. <laughs> a covering? like a rough wool, oh wool okay well she kind of looks like um the uh that character from assassin's creed a little bit yeah totally Nailed for it. sure like that exact outfit but she you can see her face and she's angry yeah so if they have cowls if they have like shifts like this on that means that they're sisters they're actually okay. full-blooded sisters They've got the habits and everything. Okay, yeah. sister number two here uh, has an axe. A hammer. A hammer. Yeah. Yeah, it's a hammer. She has, I just thought maybe, because the, the brunt of the, from the, from the uh, side, it looks like an axe, but straight on, you can see that it's yeah. a hammer. Okay. Um, she's got a hammer and a shield. They all are dressed that, in uniform, so they're all pretty much wearing the exact same that thing. That is the <gasps> matriarch. Okay. She is my favorite. Right? Okay, the matriarch. Let me just describe to you the epicness of this woman. Okay. She has a oh. breastplate on. Yes. Okay. With, like, breasts. She has huge breasts. Heaving breasts. But they are not good. No. It's not the good kind of no, heaving. It's, it's like you're in like your late 50s it's like or the, like 60s. It's like, it's like the, you're scared of these breasts, okay? <laughs> you should be scared. And then she also has a breastplate covering her abdomen, which is quite bulbous. Mm-hmm. Her fists are about the size of bowling balls. Ham hocks, yeah, definitely. Okay, her habit, she's got like the proper habit on that like has the flat top. Yep. 
Um, Metal habit. She has a mother fudging whip. Yes. Okay. And the look on her face is like super zen. She, I mean, this this woman super zen, more like and she has and she has the most like badass. And she's wearing flip flops. Excuse me. Look, her sandals. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Not flip flops. They're not flip flops. (laughs) Yeah, she's not Jimmy Buffett. Yeah. No, but. I absolutely adore this woman. She looks terrifying. Fantastic. Oh, yeah. oh she looks ornery as all hell. She's a matriarch, right? She's like yeah. the head priestess in a Catholic church. Okay, Catholic here's... School. Yeah, this one has... What are these things called? A flail. A flail with the two balls. Mm-hmm. Okay, she's pretty cool. Uh, That's this a sister, this one, she looks like she just... She looks like... Um, she just joined. She just joined. She looks like... Um, What's her face in The Sound of Music? Maria from The Sound of Music. Yeah. Yeah. She looks, yeah. I forget how the song goes. If I could remember it. I haven't something, seen. Something, something, something. Something in Maria. I forget how the song goes. But she also has a hammer. Yep. She looks like she's ready to fight. There's your other chap. And uh, another. She looks pretty similar to yep. the novice, other Here's novice. Here's your seer. Oh, my. Okay. This is fantastic. Okay. This is. character is bald except for... A top knot, essentially. It's not a top knot. It's like she shaved everything but the, her bottom braid. Yes. It's like she braided at the base of her neck all of her long-ass hair. Okay. And then shaved off the rest of her head. So this is not someone you'd want to fight. She looks mentally unwell. Yep. Uh, and she has a huge sword. Two Yeah, she huge has two swords. swords. Now, techni- and, a, and a bald ass head. So yeah, for sure. she's, she's not fudging around, all right? She, her hair is braided. Her head is shaved. I mean... So, and she's like kind of like holding, brandishing one sword up in the air. The other one is kind of held down her side, and she's looking up into the air towards the sky. Yeah. And these are the seers of the Order of Sigmar. And she is actually blind because she has seen the image of the visage of Sigmar, which is wow. so magnificent. It has blinded her, and she has visions. And she can almost like quasi kind of see. Wow, that's super cool. I know. Thank yeah. you for sharing that with me, Bill. And oh, for amazing. painting the Sisters of Sigmar. I, I can't wait to play with these little dollies. Yeah, that's sarcasm. Can't, in case you can't tell. No, 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 no. I'm excited. <laughs> I just wanted to call them dollies. Yeah. So, by the way, shout out to our one listener, Jeff Bohr. <laughs> Why? Oh, just because. Just Hi, Jeff. Hi, Jeff. Hello. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, are we ready? Uh, yeah. Okay, so this one's a little low, a little bit more low impact. Which I'm excited for. You know, I'm back to the margarita. I'm You're back, back to, to the, the mar- margarita. You know? This one, this one's, yeah, this one's a little bit more, I mean, it's still murder, right? So, like, yeah. I mean, whatever. whatever. This one's a little low, little lower impact, but the story is bananas. Okay, so. Like banana sandwich or bananas? Whatever. No, if you go by Donkey Kong standards, like DK or Donkey Kong Country 2, bananas versus banana sandwich, that's completely different. Okay, that's enough. That's enough. We've had enough. Okay, okay. next. Uh, on to our next segment. Okay. 
Murder. Murder. So tonight we are going to be talking about the murder of Amy Allwine. Okay. All the wine. All wine. Amy Allwine. A L L W I N E. That's incredible. Or if her name, if she were Kiwi, it would be Allwine. Oh, yeah. But it's all wine because or a, or they're Amy American. Winehouse. Remember her? Yes, I remember Amy Winehouse. Yeah. Oh, okay. So here we go. Let's get started. That's weird, right? Coincidence? Amy Allwine? Amy Winehouse? No, it's just a name. Okay. Shh. Okay. Let me set the scene. It was May 2016. All right. On the dark web. Hackers cracked into Bessa Mafia, which is a website that claimed to have an affiliation with an Albanian organized crime, like family, and offered to arrange beatings and assassinations for a price. So basically there was this website on the dark web that said like, hey, we'll kill and like hurt people if you give us money. Okay. Right? So... Emails between the site and potential clients, a treasure trove of illicit material, right? Because it's basically like the entire website is basically people trying to give this Albanian organized crime family unit or whatever money to murder people, right? Murder so or beat people up? Murder, beat oh, people okay. up, gotcha. you know, okay. do whatever, right? It's the dark web. Who knows? So this website is a treasure trove of illicit material. It leaked across the web and eventually landed at the FBI. Yeah. Okay. So as investigators start sifting through the material on this on this website, uh, Bessa Mafia, uh, they zeroed in on an exchange between a user called, quote, Dog Day God. All lowercase, Dog Day God who they determined was trying to arrange the murder of a woman named Amy Allwine from a suburb outside of St. Paul, Minnesota. Yes. Yes. So this is a quote from the person who was trying to hire Bessa Mafia to kill Amy Allwine. Husband did it. Listen. Okay. She, this is the quote from the person trying to hire she, quote, tore my family apart by sleeping with my husband mm. and is stealing clients from my business. Mm. User Dog Day God explained to Bessa Mafia, adding the death should, quote, look like an accident. Okay. So the fact that this, this woman or someone who is saying that, that Amy slept with her husband and wants her dead. Okay. Okay. So... Basically, the FBI is looking at this and they are like, okay, well, if this person, seemingly this woman who wants to have Amy Allwine murdered, like, let's look into Amy Allwine. Like, what's going, what is she doing that's making this woman want to murder her? She's a grocery store clerk. Right. So (laughs) basically what they find after they start digging is that, like, this image that Dog Day God is trying to paint of Amy is, like, not right. Like it's doesn't like the image was hard to sync with her life. She was a 43 year old woman who ran her own dog training business. So we like her, right? She and her husband, Steven had met at a Christian college and were members of a, yeah, of a local United church of God congregation, which is like a super conservative 
uh, Protestant um, congregation. Evangelical. Yeah, very okay. evangelical. Gotcha. Uh, so they were members of the of this church. Um, Stephen, her husband, even served as like a church elder oh. and offered marriage counseling to couples. Oh. And they had an adopted son. So they had like That's this fantastic. nice little family. So they were like, who the hell is wanting to murder this woman? Like, maybe she like has this secret life, right? She could be a dominatrix. We don't know, right? Like people be doing crazy stuff. I don't know. Right. I don't. I don't. We know you don't. <laughs> so local law enforcement, basically like the FBI gets in touch with local law enforcement yeah. uh, to meet with the all wines to basically say like, Look, there's somebody trying to murder you. There's somebody who has hired this comp, this, you know, hired. Um, These Albanians beat the shit yeah, out of you. Yeah, they. <laughs> there's like people on the dark web trying to get you killed. Okay. Uh, so they meet with the Allwines about these alleged threats to just like make to bring them up to speed, right? Uh, but there was little that they could do about an anonymous internet user apparently plotting to take her life. Beyond suggesting like. Hey, like, get security cameras or like, what are they gonna do? Right? It's the dark web. Like, nothing is traceable. <sighs> like, even to the FBI. Like, this kind of Bitcoin. stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, in August of 2016, Stephen got a permit for a nine millimeter Springfield XDS handgun. Authorities say, right? So he has a permit. It's totally like copacetic. Um, but the dark web. Um, uh, like messages, they suddenly take on a new significance in November of 2016 when Amy Allwine was discovered dead on the floor of her bedroom. Yes, with a 22 through her head. No, not quite. Oh. Initially thought to be a suicide, police soon suspected foul play. And within months... What does foul play mean? It just basically means like something is the foot. Okay. Right? So let me just read to you what the crime scene looked like. Okay. So basically like all of a sudden there's like this, you know, like think about it, right? Like there's some random lady on the dark web in Minnesota, in St. Paul, Minnesota, Yeah. Okay. who is like saying she slept with her husband. She ruined my life. I'm going to have her dead. Yeah. And, uh, and she, and like, it seems ridiculous. But, like, she ends up dead. Okay. All right, so I'm going to read to you the, the crime scene. All right. On November 13th at approximately 7 p.m., officers with the Cottage Grove Police Department. By the way, this is the police report. I forgot to mention that. Uh, officers with the Cottage Grove Police Department were dispatched to the residence. Mm -hmm. Address, address, address. Mm -hmm. On a report of a gunshot wound. Upon arrival, officers ob observed an adult male identified as Stephen Carl Allwine, her husband, uh, standing in the open garage with his son, son's name. I'm not going to put in his name. Yeah. Um, defendant. Uh-oh. The defendant. I'm oh. not the defendant. <laughs> All right. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I don't really know what that means. Yes, you do. Okay. Um, the victim was in the rear bedroom. Okay. Okay, uh, and that he was uncertain of her injuries and that a nine millimeter firearm had been used. Okay. 
Officers found the victim lying on the bedroom floor near the door and observed pooled blood on the carpeting near her and under her head. Which basically means, like, she had probably been there a while. Right. And pooled blood... Well, I won't go into that. I'm not a forensic examiner. Officers observed a 9mm Springfield XDS firearm lying on the floor against the victim's left... Springfield. Against... I mean, that could mean a lot of things, right? Like, somebody broke in and took their gun and shot her, right? Like, that's within the realm of possibilities. Like, somebody breaks in, she tries to fight off the person. Okay. Okay. All right. The firearm was secured and taken into evidence. The victim uh, was warm to the touch, but officers were unable to locate a pulse. Uncertain of the extent of the victim's injuries, officers moved the victim's head toward her left shoulder. Right. This is basically uh, which revealed a bullet exit wound with brain matter and blood under the victim's head. The head was then moved back. It was determined that the victim was deceased. Officers observed a shell casing on the carpet near the victim's right foot. Officers also observed in the kitchen pumpkins roasting in a roaster oven on the counter. The oven was turned on when observed. These are just like things that they see, right? It's the police, the police report. Yeah. Right? Lights on. Okay. So basically what, here's what ends up happening. All right. That was the crime scene. Um, Within months of this, they would allege that Stephen Allwine, her husband, was actually Dog Day God. And that he had killed his wife after Bessa Mafia had failed to come through. Ah. How many Bitcoins did he give them? I think he... You know what? That's how he got caught. Yeah. Are you serious? I'm dead serious. He got caught with Bitcoin, and I'm going to explain uh, to you how. Okay. It's actually pretty incredible the way okay. he gets caught. Please all right. Do. So, Allwine goes on trial for premeditated first degree murder. Uh, the situation laid out by prosecutors was a mix of religious guilt and piety, online double lives, and desperate measures. According to the prosecutor, Stephen, an internet technology specialist. Oh had begun cheating on his wife using the infidelity site Ashley Madison. Oh! Of course. It's always those religious guys. Yeah, it really is. Why? Why is it always... I just guilt. Religious guilt. It's, it's gotta, gotta be. be. I don't know. You know, guys... Just let it's... your freak flag fly. God loves you anyway. Yeah. Oh, my God. But oh. to him, divorce was not an option. No, it never is. It never is. I'll he w- never divorce you. You'll just kill me. He was seeing other women, but he didn't want to divorce her because of his position with the church, right? Like, he's like an elder in his evangelical church. Bill's making a face right now of shock, disbelief. uh, Frustration. Frustration, yes. Uh, Yeah, so, 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 so sleeping with other women, totally fine. But Murdering. divorce, no, but divorce is unacceptable. Unacceptable. Yeah. For and sure. Murder is the logical alternative. Yeah. Not even by that. For sure, like, right? Albanians. Get Albanians to do it. Oh, they won't do it? Oh, oh my God. Yeah, because they're in Albania. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so let me tell you a little bit about 
how Steven actually got caught because okay. it's pretty incredible. Okay. So Dog Day God, which we know now is Steven Allwine, paid paid the Bessa Mafia, get this, $6,000 in Bitcoin to arrange Amy Allwine's death. Okay. Okay. Uh, that's what the prosecutors say. The Jeez. user provided details of her movements, but the hit never happened because guess what? Bessa Mafia was a scam. Do-dee-da-dee-da-boop. Yeah. Duh. Oh, imagine I'm that. sure they were Albanian and they were like dumbass Americans. Yeah. <laughs> just my friend, take. my friend, if you just send us one Bitcoin. <laughs> I mean, yeah. The print, the print uh, uh, exiled prince of It was Albania. just, that's what they, that a Minnesota detective told uh, a local news uh, affiliate that, quote, in fact, there's pretty good evidence that it was just a scam. Gave them $6,000, okay? Uh, so instead, on November on November uh, 13th, Stephen called 911. He and his son had just found Amy's body. Uh, police arrived. Right, I already read all this stuff to you. Um, if you're not familiar, which, like, I think most people now are really familiar with Bitcoin. They know of Bitcoin. But, but, but some people, like my mother, who actually listens to this podcast... <laughs> She listened to this. My episode. mommy thinks we're great, okay? Um, <sighs> no, she actually texted me recently and was like, are you going to make any more? So anyway, she didn't. She doesn't really understand what Bitcoin is, but I basically said it's invisible money, yeah. right? Um, uh, yeah. So anyway, and this, I've listened to a podcast on this, and this particular Washington Post article doesn't do a good job of explaining how good Stephen Allwine was at hiding his tracks. Number one, the fact that he was using the dark web at all means that he knows how to get to the dark web. Like, if I wanted to get to the dark web, I would probably go to Google and type in dark web. Yes. I right? I probably would, too. I don't know. I seriously don't know or how to get... Uh, uh, oh. But, so anyway, like, he knew how to cover his tracks, right? So, like, when they start the authority starts zeroing in on Stephen Allwine. Like there's really not a lot to go off of, right? Like they, they search warrants on Stephen's computer showed, uh, he had been accessing the dark web since 2014, but there really wasn't any evidence that like he was dog day God. There was no evidence that he had given them any money, but investigators discovered this is incredible to me. This is the only reason he got caught. Investigators were able to discover a 35-character Bitcoin wallet address on a backup drive for the suspect's cell phone. Let me tell you this. This is not this is not portraying the sentence is not portraying how incredible this was. Stephen Allwine saved his 35-character Bitcoin wallet address in his notes on his iPhone. For one minute and then deleted it. And they were able to act because because if you put if you save anything in the cloud in Apple, yeah, it doesn't matter if you delete it. It's there. Right. That's, right. That's yeah. how he got caught wow. because that 35 character Bitcoin wallet address matched the same Bitcoin address that had been that had been purchased for activities on the the Albanian right. mafia website. 
Yeah. So that's the only reason he got caught. Yeah. So it was the same code that was used by Dog Day God in the user's transaction with the Bessa Mafia account. Investigators would later uncover that Dog Day God had posted on other dark web sites searching for sclopamine. Do you know what sclopamine is? Sounds like a reverse uh, triangle. I think it's a poison. I'm pretty sure it's a poison. So in court this week, Stephen's attorney, this is an old article, Stephen's attorney uh, argued that the physical evidence at the crime scene was contaminated after officers removed the handgun from the bedroom. Uh, the attorney also says the defense will argue the timeline of Amy's death will show that Stephen could not have killed his wife. Uh, however, all of the evidence, cir- I mean, technically it's circumstantial evidence, right? Like even the, the Bitcoin address is circumstantial evidence. But who else would have the motive to, to, to kill Amy Allwine? Uh, the woman who is <laughs> married to... Whoever's, whoever Amy Allwine's yeah, sleeping Amy with. Amy Allwine is stealing her business. Yes. So, there, but there was no woman. Like, the FBI even looked into it. There was no woman. Or man. Or man, I guess. Yeah. But, yeah. That's the story of Amy Allwine. And the fact that, like, I what's so incredible to me about this story is, like, like one minute of a note saved in your iPhone gets you convicted for first-degree murder. Wow. Yeah. Well. What do you think? Was that a margarita? That was a <laughs> yeah, it wasn't so horrible, right? I mean, is this the point where I'm supposed to guess whether the husband did it? Yeah, so I have to tell you that segment is dead. You get, <laughs> you get the, you get the story that you get, and you like it. <laughs> You're gonna like it, and it's gonna go down whether it's smooth, smooth. or rough. Oh man, yeah, no, that was good, and uh, just goes to show that your phones are watching you, ladies and gentlemen, or I should say, gentlemen, Jeff. And that, um, yeah, I have a con on the dark web you don't even know about for the last two years. Excuse me? Uh, I just made that last part up. To oh. Like an enigma. Yeah, but isn't that, but I know you're interested in Bitcoin. Yeah, it's You enigma. have, we have a Bitcoin. No, we have an undisclosed amount of Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Ron Swanson. What does he say when he's like, I have a certain amount of gold. I've I? said too much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Buried around certain parts of Pawnee. Or do I? Yeah. <laughs> we have an undisclosed amount of Bitcoin. And it's an amazing technology. And it's amazing. And it's amazing. But yeah, so basically, and there's so much more detail to this story, but it's just incredible to me that a guy who really thought he could outsmart just about everybody you know yeah because he's an elder right elders know best i don't like to me like what's so interesting and this is the same week that josh duggar was actually just arrested for possessing and like receiving child pornography and it's just like great family great well like i don't know what's going on with this like i mean i know it's been going on for many 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 years but just this like idea that men I guess powerful men or men who are in positions of power, whether that be 
just in their families or in various hierarchies of religious institutions or political institutions, blah, 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 blah. They think that they can just do whatever they want literally and get away with it. Literally get away And, with like, it. rationalize it to even make them convince themselves that they're still good men. Like, oh, I'm a religious, you know, I'm a church elder, but I'm definitely banging other broads on the side and I'm plotting to murder my wife. But it's totally fine because Jesus loves me. Look, honey, this is this just broke broaches the topic of something we've been to a long time. I love you so much that I could not I could not live on this planet another second without you, okay, in our marriage. So that's why I have to kill you. Okay. That's unfortunate. <laughs> that's that's unfortunate. Look, I gotta get, I gotta tap this other hot piece of ace and like I, I'm sorry. <laughs> You just have to Shaboya get out of the picture. Yeah. The thought of divorcing you and going through that nasty stuff just makes me feel icky inside. So, so I'd rather like, just smother you to heaven. Yeah, I'd rather just erase you. <laughs> <laughs> Wipe the slate clean. Yeah, yeah. It's ridiculous. Well, so that's the story of Amy Allwine, the murder of Amy Allwine and her gross husband, Stephen. And what are we going to do next week, Bill? Oh, well, in the spirit of May 4th, uh, may the 4th, 4th be, be with, with you, you. Uh, <gasps> we could do Star Wars Legion. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. Star Wars. It's a, it's a tabletop miniatures game. I like Star up. Wars Legion. Yeah, do. Yeah, it's really yeah, fun. Yeah, it's really fun. I like to play Darth. Darth, Darth. Vader. Darth. Darth. Can you imagine naming a kid Darth? imagine naming a kid Garth because I worked with a guy named Garth and I call him Garth, Garth Vader all the time. What about Garth Brooks? Loving in the moonlight